it is okay to walk away and regroup learn to rest and not quit but have the spirit of discernment to know when quitting is necessary the mm. thing the job the whatever will be there if it is not it was not meant for you and that is okay Hello and welcome to the CEO Mom podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and Lens. My name is Vanna Matthews and along with my co-host Melinda Crowder Dunbar, we are going to debunk myths related to being a woman and a mother. Join us for another raw and uncut conversation. Countless moms wrestle with mom guilt, those mental attacks that cause them to question the adequacy of their parenting. Where do these nagging thoughts originate and why do moms so easily buy into the exaggerated accusations? In her new book, Guilt-Free Mommy, Dana Reed shares her own journey from being guilt-ridden to becoming guilt-free. With humor, relatability, and practical application, she shares how you can release the unreasonable guilt that comes with motherhood and trust your ability to effectively parent your children. Buy it now at online retailers or visit her website at guiltfreemommy.com and receive 10% off with code CEO mom. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> we take our breaks, don't we, Vonna? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, we do. And that is, I'm so glad you brought that up because today we are going to be talking about taking breaks, mm -hmm. resting, rejuvenating, giving yourself space, time to figure it out. And of course, you know, we always talk about self-care, but we're, we're being specific today about what it means to rest and not quit, but quit if you need to. So I'm excited. I'm I excited. I am too. Um, I think this is this, you know, in light of everything that's going on in the world, we're hearing stories in the news about how people are having to take breaks. They're pushing, they're hitting the pause button and they're prioritizing their mental health, their emotional health, their physical health in some cases. It's so important now. So I am super stoked about this topic and I hope that the listeners enjoy it and they can actually take some some tips away from it as well. And I love that we do, like you said, have some really good examples in the news, people in the public eye who are taking the necessary breaks. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But of course, like we do with our woman, the mother and the myths, we are going to debunk a myth. And so today's myth is you should push through the pain and keep going even when your mental health is threatened. Hmm. Whew, let's please dissect it, Lana, for the people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, uh, I think this is very interesting because we do this on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. We just keep going. We just keep moving. I think it's important for us to debunk this myth in particular because we have all of these irrational beliefs about things that actually keep us pushing through when we really need to hit the, the reset button. And a lot of times it's because we think, oh, I have all this responsibility. I'm carrying all of these things. I'm responsible for all these people. I'm responsible for, we just really keep going. We don't even think about it. Or we think no one else can do it better than me, you know? <laughs> so That's I just got to, I just got to keep going. You know, all of these irrational beliefs that we're not even aware that are that we're operating from a place. It's important that we talk to the people about why this is not 
real, why this is a myth, why it's irrational, and the importance of giving yourself permission to pull back, to quit, <laughs> to, to say, hey, I got to shelf this for a later time. So let's just um, let's just kind of dive into it a little bit more, Vanna. Let's do I it. I love it. I love it. And I love the way you said permission, give ourselves permission to just quit and let it go. And so this particular episode, we're, we're kind of calling it your Hey Mama, just checking in because we want to see how our sisters are doing. And we want to, of course, equip you and prepare you to not only check in on your sisters, but check in on yourself. And I mean, really check in. I mean, not just the girl, how are you doing? But if you feel something, if you see something, you say mm. something. Mm. And so not only for those outside of yourself, but also for you. So yeah. we want to know, how are you doing? In this episode, we will talk through what it means to push through the pain or keep going even through burnout. Using the Naomi Osaka story as the backdrop, we will explore why it is important and even okay to walk away from any situation that is threatening your mental health, even if it means work or relationships. This episode will give women tips on how to identify the signs of burnout, and how to manage mental health. We will also talk about what it means to check on your sisters. And like I said before, really check on your sisters and be prepared to equip them if necessary. So good. So true. Um, and I, I, I really like how you highlighted really check in on your sisters. We'll say, oh, she's strong or oh, she can handle it, or she's resilient. But a lot of times the ones who appear to be the strongest, those are the ones that we really have to check on the most. So we just really want to drive that point home that we're in this thing together. And having that support is paramount to our growth and our, our healing and our transformation and moving forward. So I like it. I like everything about it. Awesome. And that is so good what you said. And I would also add to the checking on your strong sisters, but also checking on those who have a lot going on, which, which is really most of us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I don't know, I'm still trying to understand when did being busy become a thing? Like, girl. <laughs> why you know we have so much access to things now and people have access to us to where we have to get that under control let's talk about that let's talk about that but of course I want to start out you know you as my expert I have to ask you some questions I have yeah. to get that professional perspective that insight so let's let's talk about the societal perspective of what it means to push through. Where where do you think this idea that we need to push through the pain or keep going, even when our mental health is being threatened, where does this originate? I think a lot of it comes from um, our environment and what we witnessed and what we experienced growing up. If we grew up seeing our parents or caregivers pushing through like, an, you know, that engine that just keeps going, if we grew up seeing that, we're more likely to repeat those same patterns. So I think part of it is definitely from an, an environmental standpoint, from a societal perspective, I think society compels us to do so through creating the necessity for certain things. So let's just take money for an example. We work, we just work all the time because that's how you make a living. That's your livelihood. That's how you pay bills. And in other cases, some of it is through a means of like self-distraction. 
The harder you work, the more you prove yourself, the more you're likely to be rewarded. We just continue to work. We work so hard in an attempt to measure up, to meet these standards, to meet these rules and these expectations that are oftentimes dictated by others. Mm, that is so good. That is so good. Mm-hmm. And I and I want to talk a little bit about Naomi Osaka, because mm-hmm. as we know, she started out saying, okay, I'm not going to do any more press conferences after yeah. my matches. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, my mental health is at jeopardy. So I'm going to step away from that. And then she got criticism because of that. And then right. she took it a step further to say, you know what? I need to just step away from this tournament altogether. I'm just going to walk yeah. away from this tournament. And there, she's gotten a lot of support, which I think is incredible, but she's also gotten a lot of criticism. And I think in situations where your mental health, where you are saying, hey, guys, I cannot do this because this is going to actually harm me. If you break your leg, nobody is going to tell you to continue to do athletic activities when your leg is broken. But when your spirit is broken or your mind is depleted or your mental health is at jeopardy, people tell you, well, you know what? You just need to keep pushing through that. It's almost like if we can't see the pain or if we can't comprehend it, then we don't understand the need to deal with it. Yeah, that is so good. Bana, that is so good. And I like how you highlighted that this is no different from suffering a physical injury. They're slowly getting on the bandwagon, the, the mental health bandwagon and saying, okay, we can no longer minimize the seriousness of mental and emotional health, that it does matter. And I think in, in Osaka's case, she set that boundary to protect herself unapologetically. She started off in the beginning by asking, you know, submitting her request, setting that boundary. And once it wasn't acknowledged, she had to go a little bit further. And I think it's important going back to the word of giving ourselves permission, giving ourselves permission to do, to make bold moves like that, because I matter. Mm-hmm. You know, my worth matters, my m- mental health matters. And it, it may not matter to you, but it matters to me. So I think a lot of the support that she's garnered is because people are really taking it seriously. It's really no different from someone, again, suffering from a physical injury. That is so true. That is so true. So let's talk a little bit about what it looks like when you don't prioritize your mental health or when you do keep going, when you probably need to to rest what are some of the negative impacts of pushing through the pain or reaching the point of burnout? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to highlight that all stress is not bad stress. And most of it is is short-lived and, and usually is tied to like a specific goal. So if it's most likely stress, it, short-lived is most likely not harmful. But again, if we start to feel it, you know, it's never ending. It, Burnout typically comes with feelings of emptiness and apathy and hopelessness. Burnout, by definition, is a state of emotional, mental, and often physical exhaustion brought on, again, by that prolonged or repeated stress. So we work too hard and it's unsustainable. It it saps the energy. It impairs our cognitive functioning. I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but you've had so much going on until you literally you can't see straight or you can't think straight. 
that's impaired cognitive functionality again, and which ironically, it leads to lower productivity and performance in the long run. So burnout is burning both ends of the candlestick, exhausting all energy and resources. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because if you don't quit, your body will quit for Come you. On. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Your, your body will be like, boo, you know what? I tried to tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You wake up. We, we call it. You wake up in a, in a state of catatonia. You're just staring at the ceiling or the floor. You know what I'm saying? Because your yeah. body is like, physically, yeah. I'm not moving. Mentally, I have no energy. I can't give you anything. And so I think it's so important to start listening to our bodies. And and I actually have uh, some tips later in the podcast to, you know, on how to do that. But like you said, our bodies are speaking to us constantly. Now that I'm getting older, I appreciate her talking. I used Mm -hmm. to say, oh, you think you don't like that, but you do. I used to try to force stuff on her. Now when she tells me, Melinda, I don't like that. Guess what Melinda does? Okay. And I step back. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So why is it so important and okay to pause or walk away when you've had enough? You know, I think it's it's tied to pretty much what we've said earlier. It is the epitome of taking care of yourself. It is the epitome of self-care. And again, talking about the mountain of the mental and the, the physical health problems that often come along with it, it may look like headaches and fatigue and heartburn, but it's important for us to to step back so that we can take care of ourselves because otherwise we'll do things that's dictated again by the expectation of others or we'll be functioning from this subconscious mindset with all of these irrational core beliefs that we're not even aware of. And when you hit burnout, and I don't even think I I told you some of the signs of that, and I may have said it in the definition, but again, that emotional exhaustion, cynicism, you lose all enthusiasm for your work. It's faded. You don't find any enjoyment for the most part. Everything rubs you the wrong way. So there's like a growing sense of detachment from the work. And then, of course, that reduced personal efficacy and self-efficacy is one's ability to uh, succeed in any specific situation or to accomplish a task. So if you put all of those components together, that's going to prevent us or prevent you, prevent a person from actually being effective and from finding joy in what they do and being able to, you know, be productive. Um, All of those things, it it all just plays into self-care, Vana. And, you know, we've been on this self-care journey and mission because it's so important that we step back and identify these signs, these symptoms, and really begin to prioritize ourselves. Yes, yes. So if you haven't gotten anything so far out of what we're saying, we are saying to rest and quit when you need to. And and I do mean quit. I really do mean quit. I love this quote and it says, learn how to rest and not quit. And so I think that is such an incredible quote. But I also think that there are some things that we are doing that need to just stop. There's, there's a, there's a challenge on Instagram and I love it so much. And it, it says, just stop, stop, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> like everything you don't need to rest from, some things you really do need to walk away from. I also like the way you talked about cynicism mm. because 
that plays into how we relate to each other. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we aren't able to be as effective in our relationships and give as much because we don't have anything to give. And we're really, Mm -hmm. really, really tired. We're really tired. And we're really in that place of burnout and and mental fatigue and emotional and sometimes spiritual fatigue. And so we've got to really be positioned to be able to have those effective relationships as, as well. So, yeah, I agree. I like that. Rest Mm. is good. Rest is good. It is. It is. And another thing to your point about that, another, uh, an irrational belief or something that that has the tendency to rear his ugly head. And that's comparison. I don't know if you've you've even thought about this, but if you're looking, if you're, if we're so busy looking over the fence at the next person trying to keep up, I mean, it's just amazing. We're not even aware of what we're doing because Mm -hmm we have this unrealistic expectation that I should be where they are or why, why am I not as successful as the next person? And maybe it's just coming back to your side of the fence. I use the analogy of being on your side of the tennis court, staying in your lane and just saying, you know what, this is what, what has been presented. This is what, these are my gifts, my talents, my abilities. I'm using them uh, to the best of my ability and just staying there and, and cheer, cheer the other person on. But just when we find ourselves comparing, it's like, okay, identify it and just step back and say, Hey, okay, I just, I'm, I'm doing that thing again. And, but I'm going to practice gratitude for where I am right now in this moment. So that's another thing that I, I see come up frequently as I'm dealing with people who are, you know, experiencing burnout. That is so good. Melinda, that is so good. I am so glad you brought that up because I think that that comparison is what sometimes pushes us to be too busy and to always have this hustle mentality Mm because I got to keep up. Mm Mm-hmm. That is so good. Oh, yeah. That is so incredibly good. Keep up good. with who? And and my thing. Keep up with who? Who is the standard? <laughs> Are you talking with me? Who is the standard? Yes, no. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it changes. It changes because you may have somebody who's popular this month and the next, then they, you know, did someone else maybe, maybe popular in three months. You will drive yourself in the ground trying to keep up. So just own it, acknowledge it, say, I'm I'm struggling with coveting what someone else had. You know, it's okay. We've all done it to a certain extent. There's no shame in it. Just acknowledge it because we can't change what we don't acknowledge. Let somebody really walk you through that. So let me get off the (laughs) phone. That is so true. And you never know what people have gone through to get where they are or what team they have or just how they're functioning on a day-to-day basis to even accomplish what they're accomplishing. So it's very hard for us to duplicate somebody's blueprint when we don't have the blueprint. We really don't realize that we only have the house. So Mm. you're only seeing the finished product, but you don't know anything about the blueprint. So if you don't have a Mm. blueprint, you can't duplicate me anyway. So. (laughs) And you know what? I think I heard, I don't know who I heard say this, but if we're so busy trying to be somebody else, who's going to be us? Good. Oh. That is good. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. So as 
as we're talking, it made me think about, because something that I have sometimes struggled with when it comes to trying to just keep going, keep going, and, and let me know how you feel about this, but sometimes I feel like shame comes with quitting or, or taking mm-hmm. a break or pulling back mm-hmm. a little bit. Like it's almost like you feel like it's reflective of you or somehow it defines you as a failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree 100%. And I love how you use the words defined, define you, right? That's what shame does. It, it assassinates our character. It, it, it attaches us to, you know, behaviors, but that don't necessarily define who we are. And so it's, you, you know, you have to say, hey, you know, just because this thing that's not a direct representation of who I am. It's just that thing didn't work and it's okay, but it doesn't define who I am. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Shame is a, there's so many shame-based messages that, you know, I've, like you said, I've experienced some shame, you've experienced some shame and so have, you know, several of my clients, but that's one of the things, one of the pits that we have to dig or pull ourselves out of with a lot of encouragement, a lot of support, a lot of accountability, but shame definitely gets in the way of our healing and, and um, you know, growth process. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and going even back to the defining, because just as the failures, are, and, and they're not, and I'm just going to say failures for lack of a better word, but just as those failures or those moments where we have to pull back or quit, just as those things don't define us, our successes don't define us. Either. Mm-hmm. Like there, it's, it's all because we, we sometimes are running this rat race because we feel like what we've accomplished somehow is who we are yeah. and not what we do. Mm-hmm. That's good. It goes both ways. We're not defined by success because, you know, success comes and goes. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're up for two to three years and then something happens with your business, what does that mean? You have to. So you have to have a, a what we're saying is we have to have a solid foundation, knowing who you are, aside from all of the things that you do and that you have your hands involved in. Those things don't define who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we dive into the five ways walking away can save your life, and I do mean save your life. <laughs> I love that. So she said, save your life. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we, are, we are not being overly dramatic. Um, before we get into that and our tips and our strategies and things that you can do to learn not only when to rest and how to rest, but know the difference between I need to rest and I need to, I need to let this one go. I need to quit. But we talked about the importance of checking in on your sister, but not just doing it from the perspective of just a phone call. And sometimes that is all it takes or an email or a text message. But if they do respond with, you know what, I'm actually not okay. I'm not doing well. Thank you so much for checking on me. What that looks like. To, to be equipped to kind of walk alongside each other. I have recently struggled with anxiety and depression. And sometimes one of my biggest things, and this is why it's so incredibly important we check on each other, is that I was afraid to tell people because I didn't want to stress people. I didn't want to burden people. I didn't want people to feel like, here, you know, here Vonna goes again with something else. Because these are all the lies that the devil tells us that we're burdened to everybody. And so I prayed and I said, God, have this specific person, one of my spiritual mentors. I said, can you have them just check on me? And probably a couple of days later, they checked on me 
And even when they did, even when they checked on me, I still was hesitant. I still was like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to just put this on her like this. I'm, I'm going to keep this to myself. And, and God was like, no, you, you asked me to tell her to check on you. She checked on you. Now you need to say what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so when I did, she was immediately, we need to pray over you. I went over, they got the prayer warriors, the whole thing. But what I learned from that is it's not just good enough to say, okay, girl, I'm praying for you. Just let mm-hmm. me know. Mm-hmm. But to really know what to do and how to respond if somebody mm-hmm. does say, you know what, I'm actually not okay. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced that either from having somebody check on you and you were very forthcoming or you checked on somebody and they were not okay? What, what has that looked like in, in your life? Yeah. Similar to what you just described, maybe making the drive over to the person, seeing if they want to meet for lunch, but making that that oftentimes that face to face um, connection as the old people used to say, putting my eyes on you so I can mm-hmm. see you. It's something about looking in a person's eyes. You can really see the pain. We all go through pain and, and struggles and different things in life. And so to answer your question, yes, it looked, it mirrored just kind of what you described, someone coming over, being supportive, praying for me, praying with me, walking me through that tough time in my life. And so it's so important that we do that. Someone has done it for me and I've been able to be there for other people. In addition to, as a therapist, that's just part of my job anyway, you know, to walk people through when they're in those valley situations. That's good. That's good. My cousin is is someone that I talk to a lot and I love the way she always says, okay, is this a moment where you need me to listen or do you need words of wisdom? Just tell me what you need me to be in this moment. And I love when she says that because yeah. it, it, it makes me think and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, Lord, what do I need in this moment? Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to be in the ear or do you want me to pour into you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, yeah, I've I've had someone word it that way to me. Do you want me to just listen or do you want me to pour into you? And I'm like, oh, pour into me. Okay. Pour, 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 pour. Because my cup, I feel just empty. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, I love that, though. I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's nothing like having that support and we need that. So, like you said, Vonna, to your point, it's not just checking in, sending a text message. And Vonna, we... Can we just just a minute, just just pause for a minute and talk about this text messaging? Because yes. I think we've got so comfortable hiding behind this text messaging. Pick up the phone. I just want to encourage people to pick up the phone. It's not outdated. It's not out of style. It's still in style. I mean, people, there's nothing like hearing someone's voice or even saying, you know, taking it a step further and saying, hey, you want to meet for lunch? Or do you want to come over? Would you like me to come over? Just Going, you know, putting in the extra effort to make sure that you really you're supportive and you're and you're really there for that person. That's good. That is so. I'm so glad you said that. That is so good. And I think also a part of that is, you know, we're, we're women of faith, and so we believe in the spirit of discernment. So if if God places somebody on your heart or you're thinking about somebody, there's a reason for that. But even if you're not a person of faith, there is a thing my grandmother used to always call intuition, which I believe is, is faith-driven anyway, but intuition is a powerful thing. And so sometimes you become sensitive to people because something is actually going on. And I wanna yeah. ask you from a professional perspective, um, because I had a friend who was going through something 
And I had no idea how deep it was until it came to a head. So how do you, if you do sense something, how do you, for lack of a better way of saying it, tread lightly, but yet dig a little deeper to find out more? Mm, that's good. Let me say this, so the, the severity of the situation. But one of the things is, hey, just very casual, you know, you've been on my mind or you've been on my heart. I just wanted to check in on you, see how things are going. And it just depends on what you get. But depending on if they say, say they give you a little bit, they open up a little bit, then you can just ask open-ended questions. So questions that will help them to have to answer and give you a little more information, not anything that they can answer with a yes or no. Or you can say something like, tell me more. It's finding a way to, like you said, not be too intrusive, but you're just leaving the door open. And what I found is sometimes they may not, they may not um, be as open or as vulnerable on that initial phone call right? Or that, or if you meet in person or whatever, but as long as you stand back and you leave the door open, you give them an opportunity, like an entryway to come in and to say, Hey, you know, that thing you told me you were asking me about a couple of days ago or a week or two ago. Well, here's what's really going on. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. That's good. That's yeah. Good. So I we can't that. really force anybody to open up when they're not ready. All we can do is really just be a vessel, we can be available for them whenever they are ready. I love that. And you've talked about this before, and it's so incredibly important, but being that safe space, Mm -hmm. because once people know that you are a safe space, they are more likely to reach out to you and to share a little bit more. But when you, when you figure out somebody is not a safe space, it just, it's like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. That's wisdom. That's discernment, right? You you pack up your feelings and you move on, okay? You don't you don't open it up with with people like that who are not safe because you know, they don't for one deserve to hear your story. Um and for two, you don't want to open up and then be re-injured or re-traumatized because you've chosen to be vulnerable. So it's important to make sure that they are safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about the five ways walking away can save your life. And we have exactly five ways. And as I said before, we do mean save your life because your mental health, as as you've mentioned, Melinda, can impact your physical health. It can impact your relationships. And so this is something that will position you for longevity, for stability, Um, for all the things that help you do the things that you do and be the person that you've been called to be. So number one is it will teach you how to stand up for yourself. And we've said that before, but when you, the, the courage that it took for even Naomi Osaka to walk away from the French Open. Mm. You know, some of us can't even walk away from something people don't even know about. So to be on that large of a platform and be able to say, Mm. you know what, I'm going to take care of myself. That to me, I just think that has to give you the muscle and the strength to be able to stand up yourself, stand up for yourself in future situations. Absolutely. And I think her message was loud and clear. And I hope that it's it um, helps to inspire and encourage other people to do 
the same thing, but it's so important. I mean, it, it's like you said, it's uh, even unapologetically again, I, I am responsible for myself. Nobody else is responsible for me as children. Our parents and our caretakers are responsible for us, but when we become adults, it's on us. And so I love how she took that stance and said, Hey, I have to do this. I have to stand up for myself. That's what the message is saying. I'm I'm taking care of myself and I'm going to teach others how to treat me. Did you, did mm. you get that one? Girl. She's teaching me. <laughs> I'm going to teach you what your mama didn't teach you. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. I'm going to have to put that on something. I'm going to teach you how to treat me, boo. How about that? I yeah. love that. Number two, it will give you time and space to regroup and figure out the causes of your burnout. And I, like I said earlier, when I went through my anxiety and depression, because it doesn't just come out of the blue, it's, it's a combination of things. It's, it's things that just evolve and add up. And so yeah. when you learn to walk away from some situations or just rest, you're able to figure out, okay, what's the cause of this? What led up to this? And what can I do to prevent this in the future? Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's so important. That's a part of that hitting that reset button, standing back and saying, okay, where is the, where's the overwhelm? I always tell my clients to pinpoint the overwhelm. If you don't know where it's coming from, how are you going to fix it? So it. sit back, pinpoint it so we can start putting practices in place. And that's what that's actually going into number three. I'm Vaughn, it's amazing how I didn't even know that you were this. I didn't even commit these things to memory or anything or to see. But we're on the same page. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just we're, we're trying. I'm so tracking with you. So just keep it going, sister. Let me step back. Let me let you do this part. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Number three, it will give you time and space to learn and adopt practices that will prevent future burnout. And I said that um, with number two, but I wanted to make that separate and emphasize that it will give you time and space to learn and adopt practices that will prevent future burnout. And nothing is a perfect science. You're still going to have a little bit of something, something. And this goes back to, you know, when we always talk about giving yourself grace and giving yourself space to heal, you know, everything is a process, but if you can figure out where the burnout came from, then you can add to that. What do I need to do to prevent it from happening again? Number four, it will teach others how to treat you. You said that earlier. I'm yes. going to teach you how to treat me, boo. It will show other people what you expect for yourself. We talk about not having expectations of others, but you can teach people how to treat you in a way that is conducive to your mental health and your spiritual and mental and physical um, uh, stability and stamina is, is, is what I think. Yeah. Um, and by definition, Vana, what you just described was a boundary. Mm, That's mm. what boundaries do. They say, hey, you can do this, but you can't do that. <laughs> What's that song? You can get with this and you can get with that. <laughs> yes, you can get with this and you can get with that. And then there's another one I think is from the 80s. He says, but I won't do that. Some about I'll do blah, 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 but I won't do that. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Just it's, the, it's setting those limits and 
that that is in and of itself. I mean, that that's what that is, standing up for yourself and saying, hey, uh, I like this, but I don't like that. And it's okay to do that. It's okay. And therapy helps people to set boundaries. So if you're struggling with setting boundaries, you're struggling, struggling with identifying areas where you need to set boundaries, but you know something go right, you always end up coming on with it coming up on the short end of the stick some kind of way in your relationships, more than likely you need to learn how to develop and set some boundaries. And so I would encourage you to go to therapy and let somebody really walk you through that process. And then there are, you know, a plethora of books that you can read as well that could also help. Love it. Love it. And so number five, it will help you pay better attention to your physical health. Um, We cannot emphasize that enough, especially as you've mentioned, you know, Melinda, we are getting a little bit older. And so we can't (laughs) do some of the things or manage some of the things that we were able to do, um, not only when we were younger, but before we had kids. That's a whole nother stress level within itself. Yes. So you have to learn how to pay better attention to your physical health, even among Black women. We're having strokes at younger ages. It's mm. now, I, I know at least several people who have had a stroke in their 40s. And so we just don't have the mm. luxury anymore of just allowing ourselves to be beat up. Like, I mean, not only yeah. for our physical health, but we have little people to take care of or big people, or however old your kids are. I mean, this is CEO of my magazine. Mm-hmm. We're balancing entrepreneurship and motherhood and whatever else. Yeah. Got to take care of your health, have to take care of your health and your mental health is a very big part of that. I love it, Donna. So true. I don't have anything else to add to that. I think you said it so beautifully. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So now let's get to one of my favorite parts where Melinda is going to give you the tips and strategies that you need in order to apply everything we've talked about today. And just to recap, learn how to rest, quit when you need to, and check up on your sister friends and really be equipped to help her if you can. And if you cannot be, you know, pray, whatever is that you can do, but don't just say, girl, how are you doing? But what can you do if she says, I'm not okay? So we said that our myth is you should push through the pain and keep going even when your mental health is threatened. So let's talk about the solution and the truth. You do not have to push through the pain or continue activities or relationships that threaten your mental health. It is okay to walk away and regroup, learn to rest and not quit, but have the spirit of discernment to know when quitting is necessary. The Mm. thing the job, the whatever will be there. If it is not, it was not meant for you, and that is okay. Ivana, do you want to just repeat in that last sentence? The thing, the job, the whatever will be there. If it is not, it was not meant for you, and that is okay. It's Ooh, okay. Let's just take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. Oof. Just take a deep breath. That is, just take that in. I think sometimes we struggle with something not 
being for us and feeling like if it's not for me, then what do I do next? So much of our identities are attached to people or jobs or even being a wife Mm. or even being a mother. So much of our identities are attached to that. So when something doesn't work out, we feel like we're coming unglued. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I love how you said, no, it's actually okay. It wasn't meant to be. And sometimes, you know, I, I walk people through that breathing, pausing, taking that in and then telling themselves that it's okay. It's okay. So I love that. You were going to go into the tips and strategies. No, you're going to go into the tips and strategies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, Yes, ma'am. So we love to share from our expert, Melinda. So give us some tips and strategies so that we can know when to rest, when to quit and how to help our sisters. Love it. Okay. So tip one, it's paying attention to the warning signs and the signals, learning to listen to our body. So whenever we're feeling or experiencing any type of exhaustion or irritability, sometimes, Mana, it could be something as simple as a computer eye strain. That could be an early sign of fatigue or that we are off balance. So it doesn't have to be so big. It could just be the small things that if we continue to keep going and pushing through, it's going to get worse. So just learning to listen to your body. She's constantly sending sending signals and appreciate her for that because she's telling you it's time to do something different. I'm not doing so great. Again, tip one, pay attention to the warning signs, pay attention to the signals. Tip number two, take responsibility and set boundaries, okay? So as hard as it is, we have to take responsibility for ourselves and take steps to change the situations that no longer serve us. That's what Naomi did. It no longer served her to have, she struggled from social anxiety. She told the people, hey, I, I can't, you know, have these press conferences because my, my anxiety, you know, I, I, I get caught up into these high anxiety states and it's hard for me to come down and it's very unsettling. So she took responsibility and she, then she took the steps that she needed to do to change the situation. And so if we're doing too much, we have to own the part that we play and do something different about it. Instead of being a victim of a potentially harmful situation, we must learn to set those limits. And again, counseling can really help with the process because oftentimes fear gets in the way of us standing up for ourselves. Fear of loss, disapproval, any of that. So therapy will help us examine our motives. Again, tip number three, getting clear about your expectations. It's been shown that burnout is a consequence of a long-standing, let's say like a mismatch between the expectations and then what's actually required. So having a clear and responsible contract between all the people involved and knowing what is expected and being sure to like enforce those things. So expectations are so huge because I think, and tell me what you think, Vana, you can go into something or start something and you, you have one expectation, but the other party has something completely different. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, have you been in a situation like that before? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've had people tell me, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, that I I have too many expectations and I need to leave Mm. people alone. But I think that, so I'm, I'm probably the one that has expectations that I should not have. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think being clear about what it is that you need, but, but what it is that person is able to give 
Because sometimes mm. we we want people to give something that they just can't give and now we're mad. And you mm. shouldn't really be upset. You should just be able to acknowledge that they're doing the best that they can. But like you said, take responsibility for yourself. So good. So good. Like you said, <laughs> they can't give it, acknowledge it, say thank you, and just move on. Uh, tip four, develop a personalized plan to prevent burnout. And this goes back to those practices and the strategies that you talked about earlier. But again, doing that, it helps us to be more proactive than reactive. Keep it objective and simple. If we start to notice any warning signs, take a break. Ask for help. Speak up. Catch up on sleep. It could be something as simple as just catching up on sleep. Being present. Hugging your kids. Hugging your spouse. And of course, spending time with friends and family. So develop a personalized plan to prevent burnout. And the last tip is revise your plan once every three months. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. You can add or take it away, you know, modify it as needed. But this is uniquely designed for you. And I think sometimes we'll say, okay, I put a plan in place. And then we're hoping that that same thing works six months down the road or nine months down the road. That may no longer work. So giving, again, giving yourself the flexibility to go in and update it as often as needed, because this is for you. If we don't do it for ourselves, no one else will. Those are my tips. Those are so good. Can you just briefly go over those again? Those are good. Awesome. Absolutely. Tip one, pay attention to warning signs. Tip number two. Take responsibility and set boundaries. Tip three, about your expectations. Tip four, develop a personalized plan to prevent burnout. And tip five, revise your plan once every three months. I love that. I love that. And I think the last one, revise your plan every three months goes back to give yourself grace, give yourself space and time. And I feel like that's one of those things we cannot say enough because we're so hard on ourselves. And we have this expectation that once we start a plan or once we start making moves towards whatever that goal is, that it's Mm -hmm. just supposed to either be seamless or it's supposed to happen according to a certain schedule of time. And it, it doesn't. And yeah. so be aware of that. And I would yeah. say the tip or, or strategy, and I don't know if this is a tip or a strategy, but for checking in on your your sisters is to just simply be prepared. And, and we've said mm-hmm. it throughout the episode, but just be prepared if she does say, I'm not okay. Like you said, Melinda, leave it open. Be a little bit, um, I don't want to say invasive, but be prepared to ask questions, gather more information, and pay attention to your intuition. If you feel mm-hmm. something isn't right with your friend, you're usually right. I had someone check in on me, and, and you know, thank God I call myself healed. I am, I am good, but I have yeah. to be very conscious. I have to be very intentional. And like you said, Melinda, I've had to put together some practices and a plan to be okay. But I had someone um, check in on me because I took a break. I took, I took a much needed break. And sometimes that looks like not always responding to every call or email in a certain mm. time frame. Mm-hmm. you know, 
you, you got to do it sometimes. But I, I told her what was going on and she said, I knew something was up and that's mm-hmm. why she kept checking in on me. Mm-hmm. So if you feel something or you mm-hmm. see something, say something. So good. So true. I love it. That is so good. So our listener question of the day, because we want to bring it back to you, wonderful, beautiful queens. What do you need to walk away from or say no to? Mm, Sure, that is a mouthful. Don't even (laughs) do Oh, that's another podcast. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) You know, (sighs) share share that with us. Um, We would love to hear that. And also, but for yourself, I would say be specific, write it down if you need to, and really pay attention to it. This is not a rhetorical question. This is something that you really need to pay attention to and really think about what do you need to let go of. And sometimes it's personal, it's relational, and sometimes it's professional, but whatever it is, figure it out. Do you need to keep going? Do you need to rest? Or is this something that you need to walk away from? I just want to emphasize, we're not telling you to quit. That may not be your story, but if it is, sister, have the courage to do it. And we want to empower you to be able to walk away if, like you said, Melinda, it's no longer serving you. So good. Yeah. And and know that they don't have to go at it alone. That's what support and community looks like. So like Bonna said, once you identify it and you write it down and you get some clarity, it's okay again to reach out for help, whether it's through therapy or through a mentor or a a friend, but somebody to just help you, you come alongside you on your journey to, to help you dissect and really figure out what's your next move, what's best for you. So there are no long rangers on this journey called life. We all need each other. We were wired that way for connection. So I just want to encourage you again to check in on your sisters, check in on yourself and uh, know that that's going to help you so much more on your journey of growth and healing and transformation. Mm. So good. You know, I'm, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. <laughs> Yes, me too. Me too. Me too. And I hope our listeners can really benefit and take some things away from this and actually implement it into their lives because this is real life stuff. Like I wish somebody, have you ever felt like you wish you had this brain or this mindset 20 years ago? Mm, And I know not to live in the past (laughs) because I tell my clients do not live in the past. But Vana, if I can go back. Oh my God. (laughs) Just a yes. little bit. If I knew, if I knew if now, I knew. What, if I knew then what I know now. Woo. Yes. But you know, the good thing about God, he repurposes our pain. Mm. He repurposes our struggles, our battles. He finds a way to use it again, you know, to help and be a blessing to someone else. So I don't stay there long. I'll go a little bit and I say, come on, Melinda, come on back to the present. Allow God to do what he has gifted and designed for you to do. So I hope that encourages everybody. Bonna. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed you. I miss you, girl. I need to see you in person. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's going to happen. We're getting it back together. We, we are slowly okay. getting it back together. Yes. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you, sis. I've enjoyed this conversation and thank you guys for listening to another episode. 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and The Mix. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and definitely rate us. Go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at CEOMomMagazine.com. There, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by BOPD and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us.